Oh, wait, Jesus. <laughs> I'm fresh from work. I need to... Um... I stink. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's okay, the internet can't smell you. What technology do we need to uh, make the internet be able to smell you? Um, smell-o-vision, right? <laughs> Dean! Carl! Week three of Codename Chicken. Week three? I'm surprised we've made it this far. It's the 3rd of November 2016. Uh, we've successfully survived the skeleton army invasion. Uh, you fled to Ireland. Yes, yes, I'm coming live from location in Killarney Island. What's the skeleton uh, like, situation like over there? The skeleton, there's no real skeletons here. It's a five-star hotel, so skeletons are pretty much um, priced out of this location. Very nice, very nice. Uh, what are you doing in Ireland? Ireland, I'm at a conference. It's called UL. Sorry, come again? Is, it's called UL. UL. Is that UL. Is that an Irish language thing? Yeah, it's. Um, can you guess what it means in English? Disruption. No, it means apple. Oh, okay. Uh, apparently, that's a. Um, I think it's an original way to go. Yeah, so it's a conference for um, for people who like Apple products and people who use Apple products and developers, designers, um, web engineers, and yeah, just anyone who's within the Apple industry. So. Yeah, I'm a big Apple nerd, um, unlike yourself. But um, yeah, sorry about that. I can't help it. No, that's okay. It's not for everyone. Um, Don't like iTunes. <laughs> to be fair, none of us here like iTunes, so we've all got that in common. But you need it to um, use your phone, right? No, not at all. Um, Thought you were like tied to iTunes with the iPhone. Used to be, used to be. Um, now we rarely, rarely have to plug it into iTunes to do anything. Everything's pretty much manageable on device. Say um, I had an iPod. Mm-hmm. Could I use that without iTunes? Probably, depending on what operating system you've got, because the, the newer the operating system, the less tied into iTunes they've made it over time. Mm. And I'm not too sure on the history off the top of my head, like what? operating system you need but i'm assuming an ipod should be able to get one of the latest updates that remove the need of itunes do they actually still make ipods they don't Um, right i think i think they do but not the ipods as in the classic models as you think i think they made like the the little square shuffle one i want to say the one that just clips on and has like a few buttons on it. Yeah, the one that didn't work. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, 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 I think it's called the iPod Shuffle. It had, it had a, the idea of, you know, you just put loads of music on it and it will just play randomly. You can either shuffle or play in an order and you haven't got any real control over what's playing. So yeah. um, I think they kind of like discontinued the iPods to have the iPod Touch because the iPod Touch is a much better device for a lot of other things. It's uh, it's an iPhone that you can't call people with, right? I know. Or, or as I see it, it's an iPhone where people can't call you, and that's perfect because oh, I hate getting phone calls. That's incredible. Actually, I hate taking phone calls. 
Yeah, if I could, you know, pay extra or pay less to have an iPhone without the phone component, but just do have the data component, I would take that like instantly. Yeah, like if there was a mobile phone <laughs> operator out there, like currently on on I'm on a, a contract plan on my phone, um, and I I pay for, you know, calls, texts, internet. I mean, the calls and texts are unlimited, and the internet it might as well be unlimited. It's so much. But if there was an operator out there offering a package with no minutes, no texts, because I'm not using them, like I'd take that in a heartbeat. No, I mean, everyone I message is either through Apple's iMessage, which completely bypasses SMS or WhatsApp or Facebook. You know, I've got different groups of friends in different places. You're one of my Facebook messenger friends. I'm sorry, you're not on Uh, the... I don't have you on WhatsApp. No, I don't. no i haven't got you either but Mm. yeah we're on there (laughs) but um yeah you're my facebook messenger friend i've got whatsapp friends um you're obviously not one of them no (laughs) yeah so yeah i'm at at this apple conference anyway and it's been a lot of fun and it's all winding down today um there's nothing really planned today because it ended officially last night but then there's a a dinner tonight for everyone who wants to stay an extra day and just chill out in the hotel grounds because it's a lovely hotel they've hosted it in and yeah, I saw your Instagram pictures. Yeah, it's this, it's this hotel called the Europe in Killarney. Um, and it's like a five-star hotel, and it's like very discounted rates because they've booked out the whole hotel pretty much, like all the rooms and all the conference rooms. Um, so, yeah, it's just lovely grounds just to walk around, stroll, and just talk to some amazing people within the industry. And, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Cool. Sounds like you're having a good time in Ireland. You've been, uh, yeah. you had some Guinness. Ah, oh, yes, I've had some Guinness. I love Guinness. I like Guinness. But the Guinness, yeah, the Guinness in Ireland just tastes different in a good way. It tastes I had fresher. That. Yeah, I, I guess. I, uh, Especially. go on. <clears throat> yeah, I was going to say, um, I tweeted the uh, Monday morning because I flew. I had a six a.m. flight from England to Ireland, so I landed in Ireland about seven seven a.m. seven thirty, um, and I had to wait until like eleven o'clock for my next flight. So I had like three about three hours to to burn. Hmm. So I thought, right, let's go get some breakfast. Went and um, found a nice place that does like a nice Irish fry up fried breakfast. And for some reason, I, I tweeted this out. In, ho- in in airports, you don't ever feel guilty about ordering a pint of beer uh, for breakfast. No. No, you're <laughs> you, right. You know, yeah. that, that guilt just doesn't hit you. You know, it's like, all these people, like all these people around me, they have no idea. I could have, like, you know, I could be on New York time or I could be on, you know, Asia time or wherever I've flown in from. They have no idea what, what I'm doing here. I like this <laughs> idea of people not knowing what it is that you're doing with your business. Like, uh, I recently went to a wedding in Canterbury and... I did take like a spare change of clothes with me other than like the suit I was wearing to the wedding. Uh, but they were screwed up in a backpack. So on the way home the next day, like from the hotel, I just wore the suit <laughs> and I, so I'm in Canterbury East train station ordering a panini from this, this woman, um, in like the little sandwich shop thing. And I've got this gray suit on and it's a nice suit. And I'm looking at the, um, I'm looking at a Google sheet. So it looks like spreadsheets and it's got little graphs on it. Um, okay. And so I look profesh. I look like I'm a businessman or whatever. 
Um, for all I know, for all she knows, that, that's that's what's going on. But actually, I'm looking at statistics from Elite Dangerous for our clan. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> from... I knew, I knew where that was going. <laughs> yeah. But um, on on this topic of what people think about you and stuff, or how people perceive you, before I get into this, let me um, oh. I mean, it is 11am, but I do work nights, so... 11am, so that's either Coca-Cola, Red Bull, or... This is a Piston Head Custom Lager, and that's custom with a K. Yes, you sent me a picture of that last night and said, go find some, and I've got no idea where to find it. Yeah, I bought it the other day, and I bought some more this morning, and that uh, brings me on to what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, first, let me just do... Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is um, the hotel's branded sparkling Irish water. Oh, nice. Is that like a ring top bottle then? No, it's just a twisty top, a okay. little plastic twisty top. I had to shake it up to uh, make it do that because it's a little bit flat because I drunk half of it last night. But, uh, Fair enough. So, yes. So um, I gave a presentation yesterday. Yeah, go on. At this conference. So um, I wasn't planning on it as such. I've mainly just been here to meet other people and watch the talks and the exhibitions they've got on. But then I saw they had um, these sessions called lightning talks where it's a one hour session where attendees can submit a five minute pitch. And I was lucky enough to be part of that. So I submitted a five minute pitch of, um, I'm actually doing a talk next week in Glasgow about disruption of ad blocking. But I thought, yeah, and that's a 15-minute talk. So I thought, can I condense that down to five minutes and give an abridged version um, here? Because it's kind of relevant to technology as a whole, and especially in the Apple ecosystem, because that's where I'm a developer in. So, um, And I've got quite a unique story in that respect. So, yeah, I, I gave a talk. And um, a few weeks ago, you sent me a gift that I've never seen before. and it's. Probably the most amazing GIF ever. Can we just be clear that it is GIF and not GIF? Yeah, it's a hard G. It's a GIF. We, it's a GIF. Uh, we're currently growing in this podcast, right? And and we appreciate every listener that listens. But I swear to Christ, if you pronounce it GIF, you stop listening fucking right now and just <laughs> leave, please. It's not a GIF, right? Yeah, you know, you go to a farm to see the goats. You don't go to a farm to see the jokes. <laughs> you know, I go out and do some work in my garden. It's like, you know, R.I.P. Harambe, my favourite gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you can't, you, yeah, you can't sw- switch to G's and the J's when, just for fun of it. <clears throat> so this- even the guy who's invented it, he's, he's like, you know, he's been clear on his stance on how it's presented and people use that as facts. Like, I don't care what he thinks. He spelt it wrong. If if that's how he wants to present, if that's how he he's done a bad job. I mean, he's done a good job with this amazing little you know file format that he's given us. That was way before its time. <laughs> yeah, it's only just it's appreciated now more heavily because it's integrated into everything now. Yeah, like twenty years later, we've finally got the technology and the bandwidth to be able to uh, run these without any. Um, you know, yeah, to run them smoothly. You know, I remember back in the day when these uh, gifts would take ages to download on like a 56k if you're lucky connection and then your computer's just running so slow anyway that's why you should just never um, go to geocities ever <laughs> oh geocities i miss you um so this gift that you sent me um yeah uh, yeah so, so my talk was centered around ad blocking 
And I love this gif so much. And there's a quote from Jurassic Park that's it's a Jurassic Park gif. Yeah. And um, there's this quote from Jurassic Park that fitted so well with my presentation. So that was kind of like the perfect reason to include this gif. And I'd like you to try and explain ooh, explain to everyone what this gif is. Professionalism, Dane. I hope you just hung yeah, that call up. Did you did you hear that? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I've, I'm getting a phone call uh, for some reason. Okay. So this gif is it's a mashup of two different gifts and there's actually two versions of this i don't know which version you sent me this morning let me have a look yeah okay um so there's a part in the original jurassic park film where dr malcolm ian malcolm no ian malcolm is jeff goldblum oh jeff goldblum yeah okay um dr dr sam neil we'll call him dr sam neil because i don't know i don't know his character i forgot his character's name can we say dr sam beckett because i like quantum leap (laughs) <laughs> so yeah why not so it looks quite similar <laughs> so there's a part where dr sam beckett is uh they they come across a, a triceratops that's been poisoned or something and it's breathing really heavily and he and he lays on its side and so it sort of rides it as it goes up and down with its breath and so this, and he looks so he looks so happy because looks, you know he's yeah. he's got his head on a dinosaur and it's like wow it's a unique unique thing it's happy and full of yeah. wonder and some absolute fucking hero as as changed the background to like inside a facility and replaced the triceratops with the sort of giant chaise lounge posed Jeff Goldblum from when he's in the back of the truck and he's been bitten by the T-Rex and he's like laying back on one elbow all demurely and they've animated it so that the guy's you know leaning on his chest and going up and down with the breath <laughs> and somehow this totally separate hero Dean Murphy has managed to get this into like an Apple conference. Yeah, so um, my line from the conference was, um, uh, yeah, um, one of my favourite quotes seemed to be relevant to my situ- to the ad blocking situation. Um, they were so preoccupied, preoccupied whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. But I am a firm believer there's a Jeff Goldblum quote for every situation. Me too. Then I click the little button and then this Jeff Goldblum breathing with Sam Neill resting on his chest, listening and with wonder <laughs> pulsating on his big giant presentation screen just fills room and everyone just bursts out laughing. And yeah, it was a really good moment in the uh, in the presentation. And um, and as well, because like everyone was like laughing and looking at it and then the people next to him make them laugh even more. It's just like this contagious laughter. All the eyes were off me and on the on the screen so i felt a bit more relaxed and i could breathe and compose myself for a few seconds which is you know public speaking is not easy and i'm fairly new to it so yeah it's a nice moment to um to reflect and just enjoy everyone's laughter it was uh dr alan grant by the way dr alan grant that's uh that's sam beckett's real and sam beckett neil's real name <laughs> sam beckett. so um <laughs> double barrel so we're, we're gonna have to uh we're gonna have to put this gif in the show notes because it's amazing yeah, gif. Um... We'll pop it yeah, in. There. I highly recommend. I highly recommend everyone to just search Jurassic Park Jeff Goldblum gifts because Jeff Goldblum is amazing. I tell you what, if you just search Jeff Gold- Jeff Goldblum gifts, you're going to find a treasure trove, <laughs> just an an, an untapped. What well, it's it's fully tapped. Just a massive treasure of fucking joy. It's it's great. Um, can we talk a bit about ad blocking? Because you, this is. I mean, 
I'm not saying you're like, you know, a celebrity, famous, or whatever. But if people are going to know you, they know you for ad blocking, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, now, this feels really weird because I, people know my product, but not me. But especially in the Apple circles, because it was quite a big controversy at the time when ad blocking got launched. Mm. So when I say say to people, you go, oh, who are you? What you? What do you do? So, oh, I make an ad blocker. It's called Crystal. So, oh, you're the guy who made Crystal. I use that. And every time someone does that, a little part of me inside goes, it just feels so weird, you know, like someone knows what I do or someone, you know, I'm standing next to someone who's used my product and I've got no idea who they are. And that just feels so weird to me. And um, I'm still not used to that kind of. I'd imagine that people that uh, either dislike your product or dislike your product as kind of like the face of ad blocking on, on that, you know, on that platform um, are more likely to know who you are by name. And I mean, are you comfortable discussing this email you sent me the other day? Where someone likened you to Joseph <laughs> Goebbels? <laughs> okay, let's let's rewind a little bit, and um, I'm fully comfortable discussing this. So fantastic. <clears throat> so I I normally do two different types of conferences. Um, some of these <clears throat> Apple Focus conferences, like all where I am now, where it's hanging around with other developers designers and people with like you know very similar interests and um it's a lot of fun and then i go to advertising and publishing conferences where normally i'm only there because i'm talking um because i'm discussing the controversy of ad blocking within their industry that's disrupting their industry essentially you and uh, you. yeah yeah so it's it's a lot they're, them conferences uh while they're fun they're not as um there's they're a lot more hostile towards me not in a bad way but i'm like the pantomime villain in the room because i'm the one who's you know i'm the uber to the black cab company essentially yeah I mean, uh, you, you know like you're coming in taking taking this away from us and you had like the number, you know, number one app on the app store for you know quite a while right? and definitely number one app blocker uh, with Chris, yeah, on on iOS, it's number one in thirty four countries, and that absolutely blew my mind. Um, yeah, right. You told me, and I was like, "Fuck off." It's <laughs> not true. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I tell myself that, and I'll say exact same thing back to myself. Like, you know, it's like I thought you couldn't do that without, you know, um, the only you you hear these stories of people who've just made an app and it's made it big and you think no it has to be something more so you know he knows people he he has contacts he yeah um but no it's it's just a case of um making a, a great product and i think and also right place get noticed by the right people at the right time and yeah there's a lot of things that lined up that made this app a success that's not necessarily replicatable for other apps so it, it's all very much a very um, what am I trying to say? It was like a within that moment, it was all the right things happened, but not by plan, by chance. So, so anyway, I've got two types of conferences: um, Apple Developer Conferences, which are a lot of fun, and advertising conferences, which are normally I'm talking about, and the audience I'm talking to um, have a normally have a big distaste of ad blocking. Although uh, it's surprising how many people in the industry actually support it because they know how bad their industry is and maybe they're not got the ability to change it much it's terrible 
yeah, advertising advertising is pretty <laughs> terrible. I was speaking to a guy yesterday who um who quit his job in advertising and the breaking point from him was he had to program um so there's there was these two adverts on a page, one at the top, one at the bottom. And I'm assuming it was for a fast food restaurant okay. from the way he was talking about it. I didn't ask what brand. But he had to animate a chicken nugget or chicken nuggets falling from the top ad from the top ad and then landing in the bottom. Oh okay. so raining chicken nuggets in your browser. And that was the turning point for him to say, No, I what am I doing with my life? I've got these programming skills and I'm making chicken nuggets rain for people who don't want to see them but want to read whatever the paragraphs are that's underneath the chicken nuggets underneath the rain of chicken nuggets so that that was really fun talking to to this guy i think so um i, I don't mind stuff yeah. like that right it, it's only quite novel to me actually i've never seen an ad like that if i see that i just go on oh, raining chicken nuggets whatever i mean i generally browse with an ad blocker on uh except for certain sites um what really gets me is you know adverts that autoplay music autoplay videos uh open a new browser tab um, on my phone, just completely hijack my fucking browser, start making my phone vibrate, all of that stuff. That is disgusting, right? Why the fuck <laughs> shouldn't I block that? That's not advertising. That's like... It's so disruption. hostile. Yeah, it's hostile. It's hostile. Yeah, you know, you're, uh, the whole point of you visiting a website is to look at that content, and then it's not that website's... It, sh- well, it shouldn't be that website's... Um provocative to like throw you away from that content and just throw you into something without uh, your agreement yeah. you know you're there to look at this and the advert should support that you know if you're going to i think the example you use you use watching dragon ball the dragon ball anime okay let's be clear um, i was watching this on a not through official channel shall we say yeah so um, but it is also in this case it is also impossible for me to watch it through official channels the the only official website that does it isn't up to date in any way at all uh and the only other way would be for me to learn japanese and go live in japan and watch it on a saturday morning so people you know record it off tv and then the fans subtitle it and i watch it on a monday morning and it's great this website is perfect like they update their anime really quickly uh however you type in i'm gonna fucking name and shame i don't care you type in www.kissanime.to or dot to to it's not torrents it's just like a video player website um and you go to the website and the second you click on anything it opens not a new tab a whole new fucking browser window (laughs) without fail like every single fucking time and it's always like congratulations a one millionth viewer you've 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 won a, a nexus 6p and it's always a nexus 6p which just happens to be the phone that i have thanks tracking i love that that's perfect and it's always like claim your thing in this local area and i'm i'm quite pleased that they haven't managed to get my area down they're getting close but they're not yeah, they're, they're not on top of me yet the problem is with these sites where they're shady content shall we say they're not um complaining yeah, they, 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 they don't they don't own the content they're showing so technically it might be piracy it might be a very gray area because no one has the the rights in yeah. our country for example so it's a very gray area but the problem is they can't 
Um, it's like going to the police they, they to say st- you've been robbed by a drug dealer, right? Exactly. They yeah. Well, they struggle to attract legitimate advertisers because legitimate advertisers don't want to advertise on shady sites. Yeah. Like you don't go to a pornographic website and see a BMW car being advertised, for example, because BMW don't want to associate their brand with um, wankers. I mean, I, I yeah. I'm not saying it's like strictly just yeah. on this website, but. I'm not saying you're a wanker if you watch Portman. That's that's kind of a pun. I don't know if it fell flat or not. I think (laughs) the example I gave is the worst I've experienced, but I definitely experience bad stuff on some of my favourite websites. And before I say these websites, I'm going to say that I don't think it's necessarily the website owner's fault. Fault. Uh, I think it's more to do with the sort of advertising agency not regulating the content they're putting out you know, in their ad packages or whatever. But yeah. Tweaktown, it happens to me a lot. Tweaktown is a, a PC sort of tech website. Um, Imager recently started... Is that how you say that? Imager? Imger? It's a, it's a silent G. It's a hard G, soft G. Imager. 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 Yeah, I don't know. Imager. I always say Imager because it's... I always say IMG is image. Yeah. Image file. Image. Imager recently um, started including ads on their app, on their, on their mobile phone app, and the ads are right underneath the photos because it's just a photo website at the end of the day, making them very easy to click on. And a fair percentage of them were malicious, like malicious, aggressive, nasty, disgusting. Like I'm talking the kind of thing where it takes your phone and makes it vibrate and flashlights or whatever. That stuff is unacceptable. Fucking of course I'm going to use an ad blocker for, you know, if if I come across a website that does anything like that in any way, shape or form, ad blocked. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, um, I mean, that's the kind of frustration. I mean, as websites I lately use, it's good quality advertising, um, but unfortunately it's not them that's driving people to ad blocking. It's the, the very worst of websites yeah. um, that are driving people to advertising. And it's even like legitimate um news websites that are just terrible and just like so clustered with ads but um uh, that's why i work closely with a company called adblock plus who yeah. are based in germany really cool company um everyone's probably heard of them because they they got the most popular um ad blocking tool um, on desktop and mobile and they've got this acceptable ads program where adverts um are allowed if they meet a criteria and of course as a user you've got control of turning them off or on but to be fair the majority of people aren't pissed off with all ads it's this very bad subset of ads so a lot of people are quite happy to see advertising to help support their favorite websites but then um, block all the terrible obtrusive adverts so i think adverts um ad blockers are in a unique place to enforce a criteria yeah. of um of what ads come through that um there's a lot of websites who's like saying we're going to change our ad policy but then that's one website doing it and there's like you know there's more you know there's how many websites are there now there's like at least 100 maybe 150 websites i think like maybe 100 (laughs) trillion or something like i don't even know yeah exactly maybe um Um, yeah so exactly there's so many websites and um trying to enforce change against all of them is impossible trying to enforce a standard against all of them is impossible um but an ad blocker comes closest to being able to do that because they can um, basically say, yeah, this ad's 
meets the criteria. This one can come through. This one is popping up, flashing. Yeah. It's disrupting content. It's also playing video. It's using yeah. So um, adblock is a unique place to to servers. Um, that sort of service. So going back to me being compared to Joseph Goebbels, because I think we've gone on a giant tangent. <laughs> yeah, I want to get to this. Can I also add that um, your uh, Crystal uses one of these sort of um, acceptable ads features, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember a, when, when you implemented it. Was it ours that sort of ran a little smear campaign against you? It was, it was um, I think it was The Verge. Oh, yeah, no. I like ours, Technica. I was about to say. Yeah, no, no, ours are quite pragmatic. They, they got, I think they've got quite a lot of journalistic integrity. And that's the thing, like, I was never, um, yeah, The Verge wrote, like, a very negative article about me and my product. And I think the number one rule of journalism is try to talk to the person who you're writing about. I would have thought they would have contacted me, go, hey, is this, one, is this true? Two, is this correct? Three, have you got a statement on what you'd like to say? And it's like, I didn't get an opportunity to, uh, to put my voice to them so i think that's a bit of a shitty journalism to be fair and i see talking of shitty journalism what really grinds my gears yay <laughs> yeah <laughs> what really grinds my gears is um this whole um what's the quote i'm looking for it's um please please, we, please. We, we've reached out to x company they did not really reply immediately to us oh yeah <laughs> to comment we've reached out for a comment for this company they did not reply immediately or they re- did not reply straight away we'll update this article once we got replies so every time i see that i imagine this situation <laughs> right i'm gonna let me just open a tab where i'm not gonna ruin anything i imagine like would you like to comment just sort of like to no one in general oh no there was no response cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like you know you've, you've got this article written and i'm gonna use apple as example um, you've got this article written, you email, you you know, copy and paste the article into an email, email it to Apple PR, click send, and then post the article because they haven't replied within that five second. Yeah. So, you know, you know like... I You're just, technically telling the truth. You reached out and you didn't get a response. But, I mean... Yeah, they, they did not re- reply re- immediately when requested to comment. It's like... Um, I, I don't know if this is a fault with, like, the companies in general. Like, they, you know, would you like to comment on this? And they say, no, we wouldn't. And you know they declined to comment. Oh yeah, they, they put they declined to comment in that case. But um, yeah, there's there's just this culture of um, I want to be the first person to report this, and the first person to report it is going to get the majority of the page views and the majority of shares, and then everyone's going to link to it. Fucking hate it because it ruined two TV shows for me this week. <laughs> <laughs> and then I like I like um, unraveling the spider web of sources, as I call it, where. Yeah. You you read from like one post and then it clicks the source. Is this article? And you click the source. And then it takes you to the, the source article. And then you scroll down and then, oh, no, the source is actually a different article that they're sourcing. So it's like this, um, everything just gets lost in translation. I remember reading the article that um, I, in, initially I gave like an interview to the Wall Street Journal. Um, the Verge took a little bit of it out of context. And then... A lot of people took the verge out of context and it's gone for like three or four, five, six, seven different layers of copy and paste journalism. And it's gone through translating, you know, people translating into their own languages on their blog. So, um, yeah, hats off journalism. You're brilliant. But uh, I never would have saw this comment, but the commenters on that verge article actually stood up for you in a pretty big way. I remember reading down through there. There was a lot of, you know, sort of uh, bandwagon gimps. 
Mm. Like, oh yeah, every everyone loves to dust off the internet pitchforks and uh... yeah, but there are also a lot of people that were like, well, hold on a minute, we can see that actually this, you know, this is an optional thing, and it's done, you know, they're like they're sort of going yeah, into know, there's it. a lot of there's a lot of people who realise that web, you know, websites, you know, they look at websites. Websites need money. Money comes from adverts. Yep. Um, and there's that value exchange. You know, I don't mind giving away a bit of something in exchange for something else essentially and i'm not going to pay money for for journalism on the whole part because you know there's so many journalistic websites out there who do i pay money to am i going to pay the verge ours you know i can list like 10 15 different websites that i visit regularly i'm not going to pay them all a subscription fee per month so you know advertising works in that respect but it's yeah. just the bad advertising doesn't um like i i pay um there was a supporter drive for a rock paper shotgun Okay. So I paid that, and now I definitely add block there. Um, I also add block YouTube, and my I think everyone does, but my reasoning behind this is that I should have had YouTube Red a fucking long time ago, and like it still isn't here. Just because we're in the UK, I can't have it. And oh, yeah. YouTube Red is tied into my Play Music subscription, so currently people in America are paying the same money as me and receiving twice mm-hmm. the services. Which is if I sucks. if I have to rate my how I watch media video media YouTube is at the top. Mm. I look at that. I watch that pretty much daily. There's like videos I watch on there on a daily basis. Yeah, um, just short little shows. Netflix is a firm second. Yeah, and yeah, probably Netflix is about a second. And then I hardly really watch TV, but I download. American TV shows or iTunes movies and yeah do you know what pisses me off I can't um, Heat the movie Heat Al Pacino is not on iTunes really um, yeah I've no idea why I, I just fancied watching it and I looked on there not on there so I'm going to have to not watch it at all see now I'm heading over to the Play Store to see if it's on there yeah let me know if it's on there it's a good film um, yeah, so out of all them, you know, YouTube is the thing I watch the most, but also I can't throw money at them and watch it on my terms because I love that YouTube Red lets you download videos, which is perfect um, because I use some dodgy thing on my iPhone to download YouTube videos for when I go, you know, when I travel. I, I want to yeah. be able to watch them without the bandwidth worry and data caps and whatnot. And also the ad-free experience within the app because... Um, the YouTube app, ad, uh, YouTube app shows ads and stuff. And also my daughter watches YouTube mm. and she gets all these very weird adverts for, you know, she's only five, but she's getting like adverts for credit cards and stuff like that. That's so, not you, know, good. you know, you're advertising credit cards to a five-year-old essentially. I know it's not YouTube's fault. It's like algorithms and stuff, but you know, it's, yeah, it's a bit silly. Um, I don't get about that mess is that they're saying we can't have red yet because of, uh, licensing issues with the music and whatever i don't understand why i can't have all the other features like the background play the offline play you know oh background play there's a lot of youtube videos where i happily just listen to yeah i was in the youtube uh the youtube red beta and yeah beta and uh i didn't even know it at the time i think it's just because i was a play subscriber and once i was listening to music and just out of habit locked my phone with the button and then i went oh it's gonna turn off no, it kept going. I was like, holy shit. This is incredible. <laughs> like, I can just use YouTube to play music. Brilliant. I mean, 
most music is there anyway. Yeah, yeah. Or like a lot of people release podcasts to YouTube or like long form um audio content. Yeah, audio content, yeah, conventions, you know, talks and stuff. Um fucking we're rambling. Joseph Yeah, so Joseph Joseph Gobble gobble gobble. Yeah, Joseph Gerbil. So um <clears throat> yeah, so I gave this five minute talk at this conference to um a bunch of Apple um fans designers developers etc um and this five minute talk is a cut down version of a 15 minute talk i'm giving next week in glasgow at my friends conference which is um also a digital media so it's a different audience it's also with advertisers publishers and people in the digital media world so it's a different audience who will probably be um, less favorable yeah, uh, yeah i'm I'm on the fr- in this conference i'm at the friendly side in this digital media conference i'm more on the um enemy side you know I'm, so um it's good because i get to put a point across and clear up a lot of misconceptions they have about ad blocking a lot of, you know if there's something bad in your industry you kind of like bury your head in the sand and think oh no that's bad and you know but there's a lot there's a good dialogue to, to happen and a lot of people in the first industry are normally very open to discussing yeah um the problems within their industry because you know they they face a lot of problems and a lot of them want uh, a lower level at least want that to change a lot of a high level don't know how to do that change and yeah so anyway my friend emailed me and said um hey i've got an email to show you um i've just had this email come through to our conference email address i thought i'd share it with you <laughs> um i'm gonna read it out or do you want to read it out you haven't got it. Uh, I've got it, but it's going to be so far up in that conversation it'll take me a year to find it. Yeah, no, I've I've got it here. So, um, why is Dean Murphy from Crystal Adblock going to this event? It's like inviting Joseph Goebbels, the Nazi Minister of Public Enlightenment and Propaganda. I've got it in front of me now. <laughs> to a Jewish conference. Anyone in digital media knows that the revenue that keeps us employed comes from advertising. Yet Dean Murphy gets to speak at these events promoting his stupid product. Even the guy that invented the first ad blocker totally regrets it, realising it was a stupid idea that put many of his friends out of a job. Yeah, I'm not going to read the, uh, no, any, was... the, the his name, even though it's a very generic name. <laughs> yeah. But um, Let's call him Alan. Let's call him Alan. Or let's call him Bob, Jill, whatever. Can we call so, him Sam um, Beckett? <laughs> Well, don't, I think Sam Becker would be totally forward blocking. Uh, what would he do if he like transported into my body one day? And you know, like ten minutes before this conference went live, he, he came into my body and he'd say, "Oh boy, uh, <laughs> oh boy," and look at the t- look at the, look at the camera, and that music would start playing. <laughs> oh man, fucking love Quantum Leap. <laughs> Such a great show. I was watching it last night. That's why it's on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy uh, is essentially likened you to Joseph fucking Goebbels. Almost, I, I like it. Like, almost. I like up how he's not picked. You know, he's not picked like the. You know, he's not gone for the. Uh, you know, he's the Adolf Hitler of this industry. I like you know, he's, he's Joseph Goebbels. He's not the guy at the top, but he's one of the little guys in who's high up. So like ABP, the uh, the the Hitler of ad blocking. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think anyone's the the. I don't know. I don't, is that offensive anymore? I know they're a German, they're a German-based company, so oh, I don't know if that's, that's horribly offensive to say that. Um, I mean, it's this guy's example that we're using. It's yeah, this guy's example. So he's. I just like how he's just picked 
you know, he's put thought into comparing me to Joseph Goebbels, essentially. He's essentially um, called you Hitler to, to, to all extents and purposes. It's, it's the same yeah. fucking thing, right? Yeah, Joseph Goebbels. And I like how he said, it's like inviting Joseph Goebbels, the Nazi minister of yeah, public enlightenment and propaganda. No, he's, yeah, he's had to explain like who Joseph Goebbels is. He's uh, email, thought in this email, thought in this email, and I really appreciate it. Sounds it sounds to me like it's been to Wikipedia, because most people would just say Goebbels. Like, do you not think? A lot of people wouldn't go like, oh, Joseph Goebbels. It's like the punchline of a joke or whatever. They'd just say Goebbels, because everyone knows. <laughs> It's like it's like he's gone to Wikipedia and like Joseph Goebbels, the Minister for Cultural Enlightenment and Propaganda. <laughs> yeah, you know, if if you said to me, uh, you know, a week if you said to me, who, you know, what is Joseph? Or what was Joseph Goebbels' job title? I'd say most top Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, I know, he was high up in the ranks. I couldn't tell you what he'd done. You know. But now I know I've learned something from this email. So that's that's good. I'd I'd love to. Um, I hope this guy is going to the conference, and I hope he comes and talks to me because I'd love to. Do you know who he is? No, uh-huh. I don't. Um, I think my f- I don't know if my friend does or not. But um... can you put a little thing in your presentation that says like Sam Beckett, see me, come see me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come see come see me, Sam. I'll buy you a beer. You know, I'd I'd love to talk to this guy and um, change his mind. You know, just have a just yeah, you know, just see what his problem is. I mean, he. I mean, when you run out of when you run out of um, arguments, you turn to insults. So he's saying, "Yeah." Uh, the bit that got me is Dean Murphy gets to speak at these events promoting his stupid product. Is he implying that? I wonder if he's somehow been spurned, like he's not speaking at the event like he wants to, and he thinks it's a disgrace yeah. that you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, Possibly, uh, I don't know. I don't, well, I don't know who he is, what he does, you know, what his job role is, or whatever. I just know his first name, um, and his surname's Sam Beckett. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, th- yeah. That's the bit that got me. So uh, yet, Dean Murphy gets to speak at these events promoting stupid products, and it's one I don't get much. You know, I enjoy doing it on a personal level, but I don't get much enjoyment of going to a place where I'm the most hated person in the room and saying some hard truths that might be hard to hear if you work in the advertising industry. That's not something I enjoy. I think what you should um, uh, maybe not and, enjoy, but sort of yeah. look to enjoy is the opportunity to, you know, you've, you've got a, not a blank slate, a very much written on slate. What am I? Like, I like to, yeah, I like to use it as a platform to clear up misconceptions and to promote Ultimately, I want a better web. I don't, you know, I'm sure me and this guy can reach an agreement if we were to talk saying, you know, the advertising experience on the internet is terrible. Yeah. Um, that's something we can both agree on and both work from to say, right, well, how can we fix this? You know, we've got all this amazing technology. And yet the mobile web um, and the desktop web, I focus on mobile uh, mostly. So that's where a lot of my arguments come from. Yeah, it's just a shitty experience. You know, we can both make we can both agree on that a bit. And pretty much everyone I've spoken to in advertising agrees, yeah, it's shitty, but it pays our bills. It's like, well, how can we t- make it not shitty and also pay your bills? That's something um needs to work it's out. It's one of those things also, no one's gonna be the first also, um, Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's also um he gets to speak at these events promoting his stupid product. <laughs> you know <laughs> you know, it's like my product might be stupid, but then again, a hell of a lot of people downloaded it and think it's not stupid. So, you know, it's very subjective how stupid 
a product it is you know maybe a lot of people are stupid to download it but they're you know they're enjoying it and even um, downloaded they they paid you money for it right exactly they paid for it um everyone i've spoken to who has downloaded it um enjoys it you know has enjoyed it um if i spoke to at this event say oh yeah i use that i've used it for the past year it's been brilliant it's like changed the way i've browsed um yeah so and it says promoting his stupid products you know i'm not trying to sell my products to advertisers you know i'm not there to say hey people in advertising industry download my ad blocker uh, you know, it's not a pitch to download an ad blocker. It's it's a pitch to make your industry better and like you know use it. At the end of the day, I've put this product out there. All the other ad blockers have put their products out there, and people are using them only because they feel a need to use them. Right? Yeah. It's um, if the mobile web was a healthy place in terms of advertising, people wouldn't be turned to using these products out of frustration. Um. So. Yeah, maybe the product is stupid, but then the advertising is even more stupid, and people would like to use a stupid product to block the even stupider ads. Absolutely, um, I, I, I don't know who the guy is that regrets it because he said that even the guy that invented the first ad blocker totally regrets it. Um, I'm not sure who that is because ad blocking's been around for uh, ten years, uh, well, ten, fifteen, twenty years. You know, ever since um, browsers started shipping with pop-up blockers. <laughs> you know, browsers invented the first, you know, one of the first ad blockers in terms of pop-up blockers. Get this. Yeah. Okay, Google. Who invented ad blocking? She's listening. Is it Dean? Dean Murphy? Did I invent it? Oh, no, it just comes up with ad block plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, she doesn't, yeah, she doesn't talk to so... me because uh, I turned her voice off because it's not as good as Siri. Oh, I wonder why uh, she was quite silent. But um, yeah, so ad blocking's a lot of fun. I'm not sure who the first ad blocker was. And if he does regret it, um, it was going to happen regardless whether he invented ad blocking or not. You know, ad blocking. Yeah, like, you know, if you invent a product, it's going to get invented. You know, if no one invented the wheel, would we not have cars today? Someone, Someone else would have invent yeah, the wheel. Right. You know, there'd be a wheel regardless. There's going to be ad block. As long as there's bad advertising, there's going to be people who, you know, there's going to be engineers who think, I don't like this, and how can I use technology to, you're, to you're do it? So, yeah. And got it done, and, you know, yeah, you're going to catch some flack for it because you know, it and, does disrupt an industry, but like. And that's the thing. I'm trying to make a sustainable ad block. I'm trying to say, yeah. And like when I've polled my users and lots of other ad blockers and also advertising companies have said, why are people ad blocking? It's not to block all ads. It's just to block the worst offending ads. People don't mind, as I said before, people don't mind advertising in general. They just mind the worst offending, frustrating ads that have driven them to ad blocking. So it's just releasing that frustration, enforcing a criteria of good ads. And, you know, this should be very encouraging. A large portion of my user base don't mind seeing seeing ad, uh, good ads. A large portion of the AdBot Plus user base don't mind seeing good ads. And that's a very encouraging message. Positive. Yeah, you know, with, with you know, there's this ad blocker. A, a lot of people don't mind seeing, seeing good ads. Um, let's, you know, let's work with it, you know, work together and classify, you know, what's a good ad and, you know, how to... Uh, get around this big messy advertising problem so there's uh yeah something on, on this that sort of doesn't really anger me i'm not really angry this week although i will be in a minute give me <laughs> give me time i've got something to talk about it's going to make me really angry um 
yeah, it sort of baffles me. This this thing of, you know, advertisers asking why are people ad blocking or like why aren't my ads effective? And then I go to YouTube and click on a video for like, I don't know, some new Gundam model that I want to buy. And an advert pops up and, you know, you've got five seconds before you can skip it. And in that five seconds, all I see is like some clouds. Oh, there's a bit of music. Five seconds, gone. I ain't got a fucking clue what that advert was for. I don't know. It should be like, bam, here's this car. You want this car now. Buy this car. Like, it should be like, because the, they know that you can get rid of this shit within five seconds, right? So they should be like, right, five seconds, we need to get our shit across. People know what it is, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, when you've got a 30-second ad spot and it's skippable after five seconds, you've got a five-second ad spot. And then you've got an extra 20, you know, if you can grab someone's attention in five seconds, you can elaborate on what your message is on them 25 seconds. But you need a really strong, precise message in five seconds. Like um, my speech yesterday, I had a 15-minute talk next week, but yesterday I had to compress it down to five minutes and cut a lot out. So if I just done the first five minutes of my speech and then ended it abruptly, that wouldn't be a good message because, you know, I didn't get to the end. I didn't get to the conclusion. So I had to edit my 15 minute message down into five minutes and choose carefully what to cut out, what to put across. So yeah, that's exactly the same with YouTube adverts. And a lot of companies just copy and paste their TV advert and hope for the best where, you know, TV adverts are guaranteed that 30 second attention essentially or 30 seconds of screen time. Different, you know, user base and a different demographic to some extent. It's the, the way you sell a car on a television or in a magazine, in fact, even like magazine would probably be, be a better way to, you know, base it on to go for YouTube ads. That was a bad way of talking, but I know what I mean. Like if you think of like a magazine advert, it's bam, it's a big picture of a fucking car, right? If they did that on a YouTube video, I'd be like, oh, okay, it's advertising a car. Not like it's advertising a stormy night or it's advertising a city street. Cause I don't know what's going to happen to that street or the, or the night sky. Like, yeah, I think they they do they need to be getting their point across a lot better. I mean, not that I care. I'm not going to buy something based on a YouTube advert that I saw. I I know what I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy it regardless of advertising, pretty much. But it just sort of baffles me. Hmm. Um, shall we move away from? We spent a lot of time talking about ad blocking. I'm going to um one of the things I wanted to talk about was the new MacBooks because Apple had an announcement last week. Um. I'll briefly sum it up. Actually, I'll briefly delay it because I've ordered one. It's due out in one... I'm due to get it in like one to two weeks or something, so I'll probably talk about it when I've actually got it and had a hands-on. That'll probably be a better discussion. Yeah, I'd like to learn about it. Um, I actually saw a, a, an article um, relating to the new MacBooks because they have the, the USB-C now, right? And mm-hmm. someone was going on like, wow, you can you can use the USB-C to power a monitor. And it's like, this isn't an Apple thing that does that anyway. Like, you know, get on with the times. I just wanted to say that because <laughs> I use USB-C on my phone and I noticed that it's slowly trickling into, you know, the ecosystem. But now Apple's done it. Fucking everyone's going to do it. So, <laughs> yay. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a good thing. It's going to push a lot of standards forward. And like they always do, you know, they, they were first to discontinue floppy disks, um, hard drives. Mm. CD drives, you know, chipping a laptop without a CD drive. Crazy. You know, how am I going to watch films on a plane? Turns out. Easy. You can. The, the yeah, internet got out. better. Who knew? Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it's um, very forward thinking. There's a lot of pain points during that transition. You know, we're at the, the start of this transition. So there's a lot of pain points where it's like, 
I've got no USB-C products to plug in and I need to buy new cables, adapters, dongles. I do. In fact, I have a USB-C product. <laughs> yeah, I know. you got your phone. Um, I love USB-C. So, yeah, it's a brilliant, brilliant cable. And, you know, it makes these laptops lighter, thinner, and a lot more capable with just standard ports. So, you know, five five years' time, chances are the majority of my new products will have USB-C and it will be a lot more comfortable to use out of the box rather than relying on all these cables, adapters, dongles, whatever. But yeah, we'll get into that when I've got it because I've ordered a, a nice selection of dongles as well. Just wait till you come home drunk and try to plug something into it. Oh, it's the best <laughs> because it goes in either way. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Getting back to so, earlier, mm-hmm. this beer that I was drinking, I've finished it now. I bought some the other day and I, I liked it so much I bought some this morning <laughs> um, have you ever had this thing about because we, we were talking earlier about sort of what people think of you or how they perceive you out in the world um, have you ever had this thing about like buying something from a shop and being judged on what you're buying do you know what I mean yeah yeah it's like that thing of if you go into a shop and only buy toilet paper like in bulk, or maybe, I don't know. But what I bought this morning was uh, six cans of beer, a packet of Parmesan cheese, and a roll of bin bags. <laughs> and, like, I don't personally give a shit what people think about me. I know a lot of people say that, <clears throat> but you're currently talking oh, yeah. to the person that walked around uh, York in a purple poncho for two days, you know, not that long ago. I just don't give a shit. I fly my own flag or whatever. But I was wondering, like, I wonder what they think. I'm quite nosy. I like to look in, I'm one of them people who look at other people's shopping baskets. I normally, when I go to the supermarket, I don't buy a lot of food. I normally don't you know, buy baskets worth and then check out quickly because I don't like, uh, my wife is the person who will shop in advance and get a big trolley for and I've got a uh, the patience for that so yeah i just buy like what do i need for the next day or two to survive um if i'm desperate for sustenance or whatever so going to the you know the, the, the smaller checkouts you get to see what people are just buying spontaneously you know it's like they buy like a nice ready meal or like these nice ingredients and a bottle of wine it's like oh they're having a date night tonight yeah you know he's, he's trying to impress someone there and um yeah, I, I like I do like looking at um, what people are and then just trying to guess what they're doing, and that's a fun little game. So yeah, this we, as I mentioned to you earlier, I sent a tweet out as well saying, "What did I say? Something like, I love how you can just drink beer in the airport before you know, like eleven a.m. Oh, no yeah, one, right. yeah, no one judges you for drinking an alcoholic beverage in an airport, no matter what time of day it is. You know, people just assume." probably just assume you know you're on this time you know i might be on new york time i might be on asia time but no i was just on it was 11 a.m and a half 10 and i had a beer with breakfast the i so because <laughs> the other thing you said was that the guinness taste is slightly different in uh in ireland which i you mm-hmm. know i guess it would um so two things to come back on you with there i noticed the same thing about heineken in holland and i don't think heineken is from holland but it did taste different when i went to holland and it also, is. It is a Dutch beer. I was. I thought it was a uh, Danish. No, no. Heineken have. Um, there's a Heineken museum. Oh, okay. In in Amsterdam, I believe, or nearby. And oh, that's probably um, why then. Yeah, my friend went there. He got a custom printed bottle with his name on it. Shit, son! I should have done that. 
Well, uh, the other thing was, yeah, the drinking in the in the airport. I think the only time I've actually done it was on the way to Amsterdam, and I've been there quite a few times now. Um, I didn't ever think about that sort of thing, like that maybe people think I'm, you know, on business and on different time zone or whatever. I just thought people went like, oh, this is full of people that are going to Amsterdam. He's just, you know, he's fucked. <laughs> he's drinking JD and Coke at like, God, I think when I went, it was like four in the morning. <laughs> yeah, for for me, I had to wake up. When I went to Dublin, I woke up at 4 a.m. Um, I was getting a 6.30 a.m. flight, so I had to drive to the airport for an hour, go through check-in, and then deal with Ryanair in general, which is always <laughs> a... And, and also the, the people who go to Ryanair flights, it just kind of like, there's no real structure to it. It's just like you're just got a big massive cattle herd and you get cattled through and it's not like a pleasurable experience, but hey, it's ten pounds to go to Dublin, so I'm not complaining for the price. Really? Yeah, I've got twenty pound twenty pound return to uh, to Dublin. Yeah. I might really go on holiday to Dublin. Yeah, I'd recommend it. Ireland is just beautiful in general and just amazing and the people are just so nice here. Probably get a but, week's um, Airbnb for like a hundred pounds or something. Yeah, let's do it. Let's plan this. We 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 can do this. Yeah, um, I'll do this. Um, it has to be next now, probably. But yeah, I'm I'm coming back to this conference. This conference is on again in April, so hopefully I'll come back here. I'm not going to um, hang around with Apple nerds. <laughs> no, you won't enjoy it at all. But um, uh, you you might find some value in it. It's, it's quite enjoyable. It's it's not all Apple ner- uh, Apple nerds. I say that in the best possible way because I, I consider myself an Apple nerd. I wasn't being hateful. But, um, no, no, of course not. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, I'm willing to part with a shitty experience for a very cheap travel experience. You know, it's it's one hour, it's 45 minutes on a on a plane. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna worry about the quality of that 45 minutes if it's dirt cheap. Yeah, and um, yeah, so yeah, after all that, being up since four, traveling on a plane, treating like treated like cattle. <laughs> I just thought, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna Google where's the nicest breakfast in Dublin airport. So I did a nice big fry up breakfast at like eight, nine o'clock maybe. And a pint of Guinness because I'm in Dublin. I have to have a pint of Guinness and I had to catch a next a flight in like a couple hours out of Dublin. So I can't come into Dublin and not have a Guinness. And it's I don't care if it's ten AM nine AM in the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um I, we are I think we're running towards the end of the show at the moment. I do want to quickly get in something mm-hmm. uh, we've talked about games a lot for the last two episodes we do like games quite a bit Dean I'm in love with Owlboy yeah oh. I've heard of this game and I remember seeing a trailer for it but I didn't know it's out so um, I'm looking forward to very recent out. yeah tell us about it What what, what is it it is a it's a it's a puzzle platformer it's 2D um the art style is beautiful. It's it's you know um, kind of Sega Mega Drivey, but like incredibly high res and just pixel perfect everywhere. It's really like sort of lush and bright and gorgeous. Um, you play as a an owl boy, which is exactly what you think it would be. It's a, an owl with legs and arms, pretty much. Um, and sort of Owlboy on his own isn't very he doesn't really have much agency over anything. He can he can fly and do sort of dash and spin attacks. Um 
and pick things up. That's basically all he can do. Oh, he, he can throw things as well. But the, the sort of part of the puzzle element and part of just the main gameplay hook comes in that he, almost like an RPG, builds up a little squad of friends. Um, and he can carry these friends around. And really, they are, they are his um, attacks and also his sort of puzzle solving. So, like, the first one you get... I'm not going to go too deep because I don't want to spoil it for people. I'll throw this out straight away. It's not that expensive. It's about uh, in the region of £15. Well worth a punt. Go get it. I'm, like, eight hours in and loving it. Um, One of the first sort of friends that you pick up for him is a little sort of green engineer man or a man in a green engineer outfit, and he has, like, a little quick fire blaster pistol mm-hmm. which is pretty good he can shoot through sort of wood and stuff and nothing really too big okay so it opens up like extra areas that you couldn't access before i'm assuming yeah there's a lot of that it seems like I, a lot of, is it like kind of a metroid game where it's like a lot of backtracking and then going to new areas based on your new abilities from what i can see it feels like maybe the backtracking isn't necessary in the way it is in metroid uh mm-hmm. or sort of castlevania it's more of a sort of you might want to go back there to pick up a new upgrade or you might want to go and pick up you know a big bunch of coins or whatever because you can get little upgrades and trinkets that sort of help you out so Um, it's more like you linearly progress through the world rather than having this big world that you explore and come back to and go back to and i mean from what i've seen so far yeah you can go back like if you want nothing seems to close up behind you i think i'm about four or five areas in and these areas are big because i mean you're an owl right so it's not like <laughs> it's not like all corridors and and jumping on platforms yeah, and stuff very it's... very open yeah look the graphics look absolutely beautiful it's like They're very cool. high resolution pixel art yeah it is it's they've been crafting and, this thing for nine years yeah and it really t- it really shows like the graphics just look absolutely stunning and if you go to their website which is owlboyd game.com i think you can also get it at uh dpadstudios.com maybe D-pad yeah that's the that's the guys that make it yeah the team that make it um there's some like really lovely gifts of the characters and just the animations and it just looks absolutely beautiful and i remember seeing this game and i didn't know it was out now so i'm definitely going to check this out unfortunately it's not on mac which is a bit of a pain for me but you do have a pc surely you've boot camped your mac right um no i haven't oh I haven't, um, because I don't, uh, um, so yeah, I'd like to talk about Mac gaming at some point, but to throw just a number out there, I've got 250 games on Steam, roughly. Are we having a Steam um, off right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm not, I'm not humble bragging or anything, I've had this library for like 10 years, so I've got 250 games on Steam, 150 of them work on the Mac um that's a lot better than it was say five years ago five years ago it wasn't steam and you know games there's like no real distribution platform for games on the mac i, I don't think steam so was yeah around five years ago no not on the mac it wasn't oh no was, yeah i see what you mean and then when it launched it was just like um steam just brought their own games to the platform so they brought portal portal 2 i think half-life the half-life series um and basically any games on source they ported over so no steam uh mac gaming has really come away uh come a long way especially for these indie games um but i don't use Bootcamp because one i've got a lot of games that, that are uh on the mac anyway mm. and two when i'm at home 
I've either got my PC or I can stream from my PC to my Mac using the um, in-home streaming service. So I can play all my PC games on my Mac regardless when I'm in my house. I think I might be using Steam in-home streaming more now that they've done this PS4 pad API thing. Um, Because I straight up don't like using an Xbox controller. I've never got on with it. I've always preferred the PlayStation controllers, and now Steam have made it so that basically the PS4 pad behaves like a Steam controller. It's hooked into games, and it can, you know, you can go into Steam and uh, reorder the buttons, and you can even make use of the touchpad in games that weren't designed for the touchpad to be used in, and stuff like that. (laughs) And they've, they've, you know, this is just a cool thing that they've done, and I I think this is going to let me finally... Like, I've got a Steam Switch. Uh, Steam Switch? Steam Link. Steam Link, that's the one. I bought yeah. it ages ago. It's in a box in my bedroom. It's never even come out of the box because um, <laughs> I just don't want to use an Xbox pad. I don't like it. But now yeah. that that's happening, I think I might. I've got an Xbox One controller that I use. Mm. It doesn't work on the Mac unless I've downloaded this weird software that makes it be recognized as an xbox 360 controller and it works perfect yeah you also so, can't uh, use it on uh, less than windows 10 because microsoft really want you to use windows 10 <laughs> yeah that's a that's a very common trend at the moment um i've got a new pooping game oh I'm, i think do you know what is... i'm gonna mock up a jingle i'm gonna make a jingle <laughs> and we're gonna set aside five minutes every time to do dean's new pooping game yeah, so um, I'm a big fan of the of just games you download on mobile and you can just play when, you know, in short bursts when it's convenient. Yeah, I feel um, like we should be clear and say it's not specifically when you're taking a shit. Like, it's, no, it's just that for is... little, little times in the day. Exactly, yeah. You know, I'm in bed, I'm winding down. Let me just, you know, I can't bother to argue with people on the internet anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't really use comments that much. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll just download a game and play it. So... There's this guy, uh, this guy at his conference. Um, he, he is an Irish developer called Stephen Coyle. Um, oh, he's actually trying to be. Well, I, no, that sounds really bad if I say he's trying to be a developer. He is a developer. He's, he's made uh, some cool games, but he's um, doing a PhD in classical. Something to do with classical music and composing classical music. Um, I was very fortunate to meet him, and we got talking. He done a cool talk where he was talking about. Um, Basically, halfway through, you thought you thought he was talking about programming, and then halfway through, there's like a little twist where he's actually talking about music composition. Oh. So uh, basically, yeah, you know, because like you know, in programming, you have all these like programming symbols that you know all mean different things, and that's the exact same as music notation, which is like a language in itself. And I guess it's, he was just drawing this big analogy with uh, um, music and programming um which essentially is all just programming you know putting bits together and it will just all run and it will even make a nice sound or it'll make some graphic show on screen you know it's it's all pretty much the same sure um <clears throat> yeah everything just boils down to language so um he makes this game called tapped and you can find it it's t-a-p-t it's only on itunes or and you can go to his website tappedgame.com i believe uh i'll s- Sick, a, um, I can yeah, also see he's got uh, stephencoyle.net 
which is you can go to there too. Oh, you you've already uh, creeped out on him. Brilliant. <laughs> I'm creeping him. I'm creeping him hard. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Tats game. He designed this to be a fun musical game to teach you rhythm. Oh. Um, which is quite fun, and there's a lot of um. So basically, you pick a genre. He's um my favorite at the moment is video games, and let me turn the sound on. And basically, there's hmm, you know, like general rhythm games like Guitar Hero and Dance Dance Revolution, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's you know the notes are flying at you, and then you've got to tap the right button at the right time. Hmm. Yeah, this is a similar concept. Only notes aren't flying at you. You've got this big list of notes and one button, and you have to tap that button to the melody. And then every mm. button is the next, like, you know, automatically plays the next, the correct note in in the in the melody. And then it rates you on how accurate you've tapped it. So, so I'm going to keep time with your finger. Yeah, so you just tap you just tap a melody, tap the rhythm of the melody, and then it will play the melody. So I'm going to do the Super Mario World music, just to give you an example. Um, okay. Oh, let me restart. Oh, I see. Yeah, so I got it. You know, I slowed down at the at the end, so I got the end bit late. And it ranks you, basically, it shows you what notes you got on time and then which ones you came in early and how much and gives you a score out of a thousand. Um, and it's got all these cool little just uh, video game songs. Um, I really sorry, wish that was Green, Green Hill theme. Oh, no. um, That's not Green Hill thing. Green Hill Zone. Uh, oh, no. Uh, I don't know what I've done there. Legend of Zelda Lynx theme. Yeah, yeah. So um, it gives you a chance. It plays. You can press play to see what rhythm you meant to do. Oh, that's cool. Um, so and it just plays it with just a monotone note to give you the idea of the rhythm, not the actual melody. Mm. So Legend of Zelda Link's theme, the one I just played, will sound like. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, and then when you tap it in time, it's. Yeah, so it's a really cool little like, musical game, and you know, I'm, 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 I don't want to say I'm a musician, but I play, you know, I play guitar, so I have a good understanding of the basics of music, and the basics of rhythm, and it's got uh, all these different genres: Disney songs, two thousand hits, nineteen ninety hits, nineteen seventy hits, TV themes, movies, and you can buy extra packs and stuff like that. Oh, it's got a Superman theme. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's just very delightful to play. So um, I, was about I highly to... recommend that. It's it's free on the App Store, and there's lots of in-app purchases to buy different song packs. I would love him to to bring it to, you know, Android. But I do see he's already got some competition in another game called Tapped T A P T. Okay, wherein you click on little bubbles filled with coins. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's the whole of the game. And I'm gonna just just to emphasize this. This game is rated 5.0 on the fucking reviews because some <laughs> some 
absolute cock lord gave it a six and it's it's a google user is the name like obviously this is the dev doing it for sure a google user so a google user is someone who's probably rated it before the google accounts were mandatory because you have to use your google plus account now to write reviews don't you you need to um have bear in mind this is only for mobile you need to have a um an active google account just to access the play store gotcha gotcha um so yeah tapped com. i'd highly recommend it it's free and then you can buy extras if you like it and it just doesn't it's just very delightful and a lot of fun especially if you like theme tunes and stuff like that what have i been doing this whole time I'm still playing oh. it. I'm nearly at the Elite Four. <laughs> oh, well, I've just noticed um, he's got John Williams' the Jaws theme. Oh. But it's just two notes that you have to play. <laughs> Shit, that's that's like a skill-based one, right? Because it's going to get so quicker and quicker. So it's just... That was it. <laughs> Is it not... And then no, it must just be just them opening two notes and then Imperial March... How's the Imperial March going? There you go. Oh, why don't you end me? <laughs> 1,000. Okay. Perfect. God damn. Yeah. Fun game. Fun game. I've, I've, I enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah. It's nice. It's, it's just a nice little musical game. So I'd recommend doing that. And the developer's just such a nice guy as well. Cool. So that's the. Um, I think at some point we're gonna have a. We've got all these ideas that we want to we want to do for episodes. Like Dean's gonna talk about his MacBook. One of them was that we'd talk about ad blocking, and I think we'll probably um, talk about that again. Seeing as how you're into it so deep, balls deep, as it were. <laughs> um, one of my things that I want to talk about is and we're not gonna do it now. Obviously, we're, we're, I think we're over time as it is. Um, uh, one of the things I want to talk about is the. Uh, sort of disappearance and kind of recent revival of like couch co-op gaming um and i i think i have a guy that i'll kind of want to bring on as a guest for that but you know i'll I'll talk to him about it first before i say yeah i'm gonna have this guy on as a guest (laughs) um yeah, you've got to announce it and then he'll be under pressure to live up to it otherwise uh, we'll send a pitchfork army against him here's the thing when i met him neglected to take his name and all i got off him was the name that he has his facebook under uh, which is a, a fake name i know it now but if i'd have said this like a little while back um because i met him at a an indie game development thing um, it was pretty sweet actually you should come down next time that's on we'll we'll organize that a different time yeah, um, yeah but let's wrap up Yep. Um, so I'm on Twitter at Crafty Dino, and if you're interested in my ad blocker for iOS, it's also on Android for Samsung devices. You shill. Yeah. Why not? Um, <laughs> I don't get a lot of chances to advertise an ad blocker, so it's uh, um, yeah. You can find it at CrystalApp.co because I'm too cool for .com. I think you were maybe um, you maybe the .com was too expensive. No, the dot com is probably cheap. I just uh, why did I get a dot co? I, maybe it was taken and like because a lot of dot a lot of good dot coms are like being just people just take them and then just 
Swatnam. Um, but anyway, yeah. And as for the show, you can find us at Codename Chicken on Twitter slash Codename Chicken on Facebook. Yeah, like we know you guys are listening because we've seen the stats. Come say some shit at us. Yeah, throw some tweet words us. towards us. Yeah, do us a tweet. Send us your best. Oh, his, all right, send us your favorite Jeff Goldblum gifts. <laughs> One. Um, and maybe you know if you've got maybe there's a game out there that you think Dean might like to play while he poops. Yeah, I'm always on the lookout for more pooping games, and I just love that that term pooping game. Yeah, it's like a it's like a whole sort of genre, isn't it? There's a lot of games like those those go games are pooping games. I think like a Hitman Go and Tomb Raider Go, whatever else. Yeah, you're just playing short bursts, and um, I quite like the Hitman Sniper. I might talk about that at one point. That's where mobile development shines, I think. Yeah, just these short disposable experiences. Mm. Um, and where can people find you if they want to recommend pooping games to you? Oh, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at, uh, at CarlWoods10 because there's apparently 10 people before me. I'm like that Jet Lee film. Um, I wouldn't go there. It's just me. Every now and then I get the idea, I get the notion that I'm going to go on Twitter and do something and I end up just being mean to someone or saying rude things just for no reason whatever um but you're better off going to the codename chicken twitter it's you know it's it's fresh and sort of virginal you can ruin that one um we do have an email cluck at codenamechicken.church again any of the things that you might say to us on the facebook or on the twitter you can say there um Okay, I think you've really undersold your Twitter account. Um, There's not much on it. The last <sighs> there isn't much on it, but um, Lin Manuel Miranda tweeted a picture of him outside a London phone box. Can I just say that's... before we do this, I've I've got a lot of respect <laughs> for Lin Manuel Miranda. Hey, yeah, he's... me too. He's... Me too. I would love to see Hamilton, and one day I will. And he's doing some great job at it's great work at Disney. You just said great job, and that was the whole thing. Like he uh, he's he's big into this other podcast that I like. Oh, okay. I will say it's called My Brother, My Brother and Me. Uh, and they did a thing about like, what if there was a car horn for people that did a good job? And it was like, great job. <laughs> and so he's big into the show and he's all over their fan Facebook and stuff. And like, he's on national television and on stage on Broadway doing like the great job hand gesture just to throw a little like, what's up? A hand gesture? I'm going to have to look up this hand yeah, gesture. Yeah, like a, a horn, you know, like pushing a horn on a car. Like, great job. Like two two things. <laughs> so this guy, I mean, I I've only known him like the part. I haven't known him, known him, no like personal level. I've known of him for the past year or so since Hamilton hit big, and it sounds super interesting. I really want to see that yeah, Broadway show, and um, yeah, when it comes out, we'll we'll arrange a date and go see it and something. But uh, yeah, anyway, he he's in London at the moment, so he's tweeted a picture of himself outside a London phone box. <laughs> And you tweeted back to him, if that's a general, genuine London phone box, it's almost definitely stuffed with adverts for prostitutes. It's true. <laughs> it is true. It is true. I just love the, the, you know, you've seen this tweet and then you've just decided to, yeah, I'm going to say this to him. And no, it is absolutely true. Uh, most London phone boxes are escorts and cool girls and you know, all that kind of I'll tell you, stuff i'll tell you what it is i think it's because everyone else <laughs> that was on that was like oh you're so cool i love you oh london is great it's the best and you know all this niceties and stuff yeah. i've only ever been into one london phone box um because why the fuck would i go in a phone box even when i was younger you know i had a mobile phone so I didn't unless you're else. a doctor who fan there's no reason to go into it's a not phone. even a blue phone box and <laughs> 
And so I went in. Actually, I think I've, I've been in more than one. I must have done. Um, but you know, you go in and it's just papered with cardboard adverts for prostitutes, like <laughs> busty Belinda and uh, luscious Linda. So many Lindas. You know, I just <laughs> like the, yeah. uh, the idea of this kind of like social media kind of cool guy standing in front of like a, a sex den. <laughs> Yeah, it's just the, the contrast of it. Like, especially everyone in America, because everyone in, he's got a lot of American followers. So obviously they're saying, "Oh wow, London's so cool! It's got this like culture and this big red London phone boxes everywhere." And you know, like we see the New York taxis in that kind of respect, I guess. But um, yeah, it's like such an iconic thing. And then little day no, it's just full of CD adverts for for sex. Yeah, it's like if Big Ben was stuffed full of dildos. <laughs> Please can the episode title be stuffed full of dildos. <laughs> oh, Big Ben. Oh, okay. So we did the Facebook, we did the Twitter, we did our own Twitter, our own Twitters, we did the email. Um, if if you're still with us, you can also email at cluck at codenamechicken.church. All that's left to be said is why is it called Codename Chicken, Dean? Because. Because it is. Because it because it is. Mm. That seems good enough to me. Yeah, I should really script something for that, shouldn't I? There is one, you just don't read it. 